Hello, I think my hand, like, why is there, let's say, okay pizza, like Domino's or yeah, yeah. all those chains, yeah. when you can get amazing pizza at this spot? But if every um, every pizza was amazing, how can you know this pizza is amazing? You <laughs> need something that's to compare. To compare. I'm not. I'm not saying that Domino's is is, is bad because uh, I think it's affordable. It's like their technologies are amazing. It's crazy. It's so fast. But it's not my pizza of choice. But I understand why it's there. So if those chains were not there, how can you compare to something yeah. that's better? Yeah. So everything needs to have a balance. Yeah. And not everyone can afford a better pizza. Yeah. So I think that's I, why it's more I, accessible. I thought I always can afford the Pizza Hut. Pizza Hut was my best choice, a favorite. But then a lot of them closed, right? Yeah. Because the business model, whatever, they just could not compete with Domino's. Mm -hmm. They were so expensive. Like, uh, yeah, so expensive. 15, 14 years ago in the West End, always we always went to the the pizza hut in the St. Charles, mm -hmm. and there's there's crust uh, the cheese stuff the crust. Mm -hmm. Remember that thing? Oh yeah. Cost twenty three dollars for a large one. I believe twenty three dollars before tax, but it's so amazing. Like the, most people don't like the crust, right? It's yeah, a yeah. thick dough. But then they, they it's kind of creative. They put the cheese inside. Yeah. The, the whole ring was a. Uh, the best part for me, like chewing it, amazing. But it's $23 and it probably pay 20, take, take out maybe $25. But then Domino's, Dom, I guess Domino's being an IT guy, that time I figured Domino's would be successful because they are the probably the first one to have their own delivery website they order online way before the Foodora, DoorDash and the Uber Whoa. Eats, way before. So they have their own website. You can order and then they have their own drivers to deliver to you. So they're way before all this food delivery business. So they... They were advanced. Yeah, they, they really, they were before the time. And pricing wise, they were like maybe 50% less expensive than the Pizza Hut. That's why Pizza Hut was pushed out. I, it's I, still around, but... Yeah. Not, not that big anymore. Not that big anymore. It's, I like the Pizza Hut, even today, there's a new one, but they, they have to be, all the Pizza Hut restaurants right now in Montreal area, it's very small. There's no dining room. A lot of them don't have dining room anymore, so they're just for takeout and deliveries. I, I don't even remember last time I had Pizza Hut. Yeah, that's why it's not successful. But once in a while I had them, like, uh, I find the secrets, they're, they're so appeasing, so, so satisfying. It's, they put a lot of oil, actually. Yeah, it's greasy. Yeah, exactly. But it smells great. Oh, yeah, yeah, because the, it's fried. Yeah, yeah. The dough but is fried. Very satisfying. And then the Domino's, you feel a little bit dry, right? Just feel a little bit dry. So once in a while, when I had the Pizza Hut, it's still, uh, that's the secret I find. I'm a big fan of Pizza Hut. I used to eat it more when I was a kid. But like, it was a celebration when yeah. we had Pizza Hut. It's crazy. Yeah. I go downstairs, get some hot water for the tea. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, just eat more. We need to finish this. Oh my God. <laughs> Food is great. I'm full though.
y'all need to come try the food. One last piece of this. So, how many how many years like you work as a dancer? Um, you see, I started let's say making money when I was. Late teens, early twenties. Okay. So that's what I would say. I, I was a professional dancer. So yeah, I did that how many years? Maybe ten years. Wow, oh, that's a lot of mm -hmm. long time. Yeah, I still well recently no, but like until like the last three years, I still did like contracts here and there. Just very small contracts, you know, because like the restaurant time like is taking too much time. Um, so yeah, I I loved it, but during the time I, I started doing it, like um, casting was very important. So you know, I feel like when they had a, a cast of let's say a group of five, so there would be three Caucasians, one one black person, yeah. and one Asian max. And then the ratio is that, you know, I think it changed a little bit now. But yeah, back then it was harder. If you had another Asian girl or Asian guy that got the job, well, we're done. You know, same thing for uh, people like uh, my black friends. You know, if one was hired, then for sure you wouldn't be hired. Like, but now I think it's more of skills, like quality, than. Probably still a little bit of casting, but things have changed. And also the job opportunities like professional dancers were ballet trained dancers, jazz dancers, people who could who had like a classic training. So you can start a band or something. Say what? No. Start a band? Oh. Yeah, a band or the dancing group. Like, yeah, yeah, we, we did. That you would be the Montreal BTS. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, uh, yeah, no. It, was, it wasn't my thing. Hey, actually, if you have a, like, the, with the, 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 the successful restaurant, you have the vibe, everything, you have the following of the audience, probably you can have that. The group was like uh, around the, the restaurant. Probably. A lot of the first. People that I hired were all dancers. No, oh, that's amazing. And the people who are working right now, well, my my sous chef, I guess he's my chef now. He's the one who uh, who was mainly in charge of um, the operations in the kitchen. He's a dancer too. One of the first person I ever hired was a friend of mine. He's a dancer too. That's how. I met him through dance. He's not dancing as much anymore, but that's how I, I know him. So a lot of people, everything is interconnected. Yeah, that's amazing. Dancing. That's the whole circle. So you expand a little bit of circle, and then it's, it's a great 
business model too, and then the influence, the audience, the customers base, the customer base will increase. <laughs> especially if you have something to back up, you know, it's it's great. Yeah. But going back to my salary and as a dancer, it was harder back then because um, it was like playing lottery. Once you do an audition, you get the, the gig, you have one job, it pays well, but it's one job and then you're like jobless. Yeah, for quite some time. Yeah, for quite some time. Or you have a regular teaching job where you teach dance classes to younger students, people your age. You get hired by a dance studio or you create your own following and people follow you and they, they take your classes. So it's it's doable. But at the time, it was less popular. So I feel like people now, because I have a, I'm part of a dance school and then a lot of them are, it's still their career. So I feel like um, they have, they are smarter about how they, they build their career and um, they have like different ways to generate some revenue, you know? So I feel like people are a lot smarter now compared to when I just started. Now that social media, that maybe TikTok. Yeah, social media is is, uh, is good for that. Um, and also lots of festivals. In, uh, in festivals, but there's a lot more, um, what do you call those? Subvention. Yeah, you know when the government helps you with uh, certain projects or okay. what okay. do you call those? Cool. C'est des subventions. Les subventions is just government programs where they help you uh, with um, creating cultural. Um, I guess I know that it's like the Quebec or federal government, they support some sponsor, some art or some, yeah, exactly. some kind of those programs. Yes, I guess we, we could call it some sponsor, but I, there's a word for it. I totally forgot. I have a, I have a friend, like I actually just met her. Like, a grant. Yeah, grant. Yeah, yeah, they give you a grant to, to build uh, cultural, cultural programs or um, a show or, or whatever, but you need to, to write it down and you know, write your budget and they will help you. Yeah, to so my, I, I probably cannot call her my friend. <laughs> like she's a director, like okay. uh, she's Chinese. She uh, she got some grants, like the similar thing, mm -hmm. making a documentary film, like in French and about her, her fa father. It's a very popular, famous documentary right now. It's yeah. the government grants to uh, to uh, fund the, the documentary about her father still living in China. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, Probably the minority group in, in Yunnan province had some crazy the, the ancient languages characters their own, so mm -hmm. it's disappearing disappearing language in Yunnan province I believe. So she made her documentary about his father was the last few who still practicing that kind of a, the art and the the characters. Mm -hmm. They are not Chinese characters, their own character, language characters. Oh, yeah. so, so they don't even look like uh, Chinese characters or? Uh, it's not even close now. It's no? maybe the ancient, ancient that time still by shapes, by the shapes. And uh, her documentary very, it was, uh, was shown in Atwater Theater. So the cinemas was in Quebec. 
a very moving documentary because that generation, the stories like uh, the whole stuff was kind of uh, removed by the development, local development, some buildings, something lost, mm. you know, the heritage. And that kind of stuff, it's kind of, if you make a commercial movie or something, you're going to lose money for sure. So luckily, the, the government just have those grants so to fund those kind of a shooting of the to documentary, preserve. yeah, preserve that kind of a, actually it's about China, not about Canada, but somehow they kind of Quebec and Canada, they have that kind of grants to, to help to preserve those kind of a, it's, it's a great thing. Mm -hmm. And I met or like uh, saw that it's in Chinese actually, the documentary. And there's a subtitle in French or English. And uh, I met her like in the restaurant. Probably she's doing another documentary. She, last time we, she she moved in here twenty some years already. So lot, probably she's gonna be the interviewer as well. But she okay, said nice. she was working on pretty busy on the another documentary film. So when she freed up, freed up some time, mm -hmm. and probably she will be. She said uh, she supported my this kind of interviews, like this video. She said yeah. it's amazing, interesting. But, uh, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, you you see, it, like it's my second language as well. My English is a way of me uh, learning English as well. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit okay, well, selfish. Really well. <laughs> selfish. It's a uh, yeah. Okay. You, you mentioned you have to sign something. Yeah, on specific time. That's uh yeah, just just to make sure that uh, I don't lose my uh, okay. priority. Oh, thank you. And this tea uh, is a good tea I brought from uh, home. Yeah. It's uh, so good. Wow, that was a lot of food. Yeah, we can. I still I, I eat a lot of food as well. Oh yeah. I eat a lot. I probably gonna keep eating. How you uh, how do you stay skinny? From running in the restaurant? I'm, I'm not skinny. I try to lose weight. I if I eat one like today, I have to eat. And then probably next two or three days I don't eat main dish at all. Main meal at all. So main meal you mean like you, you won't eat in the evening? Or you just fast? Like you um, won't eat at all? It's not totally unhealthy. So I just my regular breakfast, the the toast, uh, milk, everything. But during the day, I don't almost eat nothing. But then I find something like treats with the ice cream or something at the evening when I get home around 10. Oh my so God. Super unhealthy. I know it's not good, but uh, I'm 43, I guess, when I'm 50 years old, I'm probably going to regret. <laughs> oh no. Sometimes I have bubble tea. Saturday, sometimes my oh, wife man. will come to help. Like when she's in the restaurant, Probably we're gonna order some bubble tea as well. I would like leaving from this space because I know there's a um, well, yeah a lot of bubble tea. Yeah, yeah. So for sure I'm bringing some to my yeah. girlfriend. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I'm gonna grab some for sure. Yeah. I know I need to get some bubble tea. Yeah. Bubble tea is yeah. not healthy. A lot of oh my sugar. god, it's yeah. so unhealthy, yeah. but it's so, so good. satisfying. Yeah. Yeah. So good. So well, definitely every Saturday I will have a big. It's bigger and bigger right now. It's the yeah, it's that, bigger and bigger. It's yeah. and more expensive. But it's it's I, I every Saturday is routine. My wife is come here to help Saturday. We definitely gonna every Saturday in the past few months already. So we kind of a kind of a treat for me. Yeah. But every day at home uh, when I go home, probably find a snack here or there, cookies here or there. Super healthy. 
but I rely on my body to get strong. Yeah. <laughs> so you you um, you asked me if I you know I wanted to have a drink or something while eating and doing this interview, but man, being in the restaurant business, you're constantly around you know the nightlife. Yeah, you have cocktails, yeah. cocktails, nice. whatever. So oh, you have like one drink, two yeah. drinks, or whatever, but having it every evening and then weekends you're like oh you know what i'll have more mm -hmm. man i realized you know i can't <laughs> be healthy like yeah. that so um yeah I'm, I'm right now i'm trying to not drink at all and maybe if if i can like just stop drinking that that would be amazing because you save money it's better for your health yeah. um i've been uh, <clears throat> working out more recently and I'm like, you know, alcohol is not doing any good for me. So I'm just going to try to keep on going and, you know, try to yeah, make healthier choices. Yeah. You know? Your restaurant has a lot of nice looking cocktails. Cocktails oh, yeah, yeah. are very sneaky. Oh, cocktails yeah. Oh, my super, God. Yeah, they are super sneaky. You feel, yeah. ah, it's, it's, it's sweet. It have good flavor balance, good. And then goes down so nice. You yeah, know, yeah. you drink them so nice. And it has alcohol inside. You just don't feel that alcohol yeah. that much. Oh yeah, man. It's it's so tricky. Um, but also me being at the restaurant, every time you see an old client, a friend, whatever, you know they want to offer you a shot, and then you're like, oh, you know what? They offered me a shot. I'm gonna offer a round of shot as well. Wow. So by the end of the night, you're like, you have like a bunch of shots, and that's uh, yeah, that's unhealthy, man. Some probably Joe B for some restaurant owner, Joe uh -huh. B from the famous one. Probably some people, the, the owners could be alcoholic as well because every yeah. night you drink a lot. Yeah, yeah. Some people, it became a habit. But I, yeah. It's something that we need we need to sensibilize people yeah. with because being in the restaurant business, it's just so easy to, to go down that road, you know, drinking every night, partying, waking up, wasted, and then start your day. And do it all over again and all over again, and you know it's it's draining. But you don't realize how bad it is for you until you kind of like. Yeah. For 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 us, I don't have we don't have this problem. We have only our alcohol has only one beer, super bulk. Yeah. Only one kind of beer, and uh, red wine two types, like uh, white wine two types, and uh -huh. then sake. That's all. <laughs> we we are simple. Yeah, I keep everything so simple for uh, like. It's, well, uh, I honestly, I I love the taste of alcohol. Yeah. I love drinking. I love um, the, the social aspect of it as as well. But I think it, it's it's good to to have a balance in your life. You know, like maybe do a little bit more physical activities, uh, eat less. Uh, Junk, I guess. Mm. Your restaurant is so so. Your restaurant is very good with customer, the the vibes, the ambience, whatever. Yeah, the yeah thing. definitely. But this this kind of restaurant, like, uh, you, I I guess it must be really hard at the beginning of the pandemic because you rely on the people dying eating side, right? Yeah, yeah. So how how did you do like uh, at the like the uh, beginning we, of pandemic? We had to adapt quite fast because. Man, we just opened and yeah, it hit pretty hard because everything shut down. 
Did you do the takeout as a well? A lot of takeout delivery. Uh, but then the, the kind of experience kind of lost, right? For that. Yeah, like having people yeah. over to listen to, to the, the good music that we play, mm -hmm. like, you know, all of the, the, the decor yeah. is made for, for you to want to, yeah. to come and have, and have a good time, time you know? Yeah. So yeah, it was hard, but like I said, uh, we have really good customers that just kept on supporting us. A lot of people from the neighborhood, a lot of... Uh, so they came to, to take out? Instead a lot of, of people... Uh, I know delivery pretty bad. Take out yeah. and delivery. The delivery was harder because uh, dealing with the delivery... Yeah, the, the, guys the commission. Were, the commission yeah, is, uh, it was harder. We were working extra hard and then at the end of the day, we're like... Like thirty so percent yeah, of our, everything that yeah, we did just yeah, went to them. It's it's really it's like wow, like all the food that we yeah. made. So it doesn't best. even come in our pockets. Yeah, that was hard. But uh, yeah, we took we were pretty re uh, reactive to whatever was happening, so we adapted quite fast. So it was hard, but it could have been harder. We had like. A lot of uh, other friends that had a harder time because we were already known for takeout, so that's what saved us. If we were just a dine dine-in kind of yeah. restaurant, it would have been way harder because people weren't uh, used to order from from them as takeout. So since we already had a platform for takeout, it was easier for us to adapt. And also, your if your audience, your, your customers, they kind of this they have loyal customers, they would help you. Like to do takeout instead of deliveries at the beginning. So I guess if you have 50 50, that's pretty already pretty good. If yeah. you have 50 percent like takeout without commissions and then 50 percent on delivery, that's pretty good already. I, we did we we did not have that. I guess at the beginning, the worst days of the pandemic, I guess 80 90 percent of the deliveries. So we work a lot of orders, but the the margin was really small so we but like that time like we have only 10 percent or 20 percent of on the takeout takeout was great because we don't pay pay the yeah. commissions but we are we work a lot of orders at the beginning so the march 2020 march april may we did not open the first summer they they allow but you have opened right the the summer of 2020 summer of 2020 yeah that, that summer, the government allowed the dine-in. Oh, yeah. But, but, but we chose not to. It's like, man, we have a capacity of uh, oh, yes, six, I think about 60 seatings at a restaurant. Yeah. We were like, there was what, 20 people, 25 people that could sit in the restaurant during the pandemic? Oh, yeah, the half, right? They yeah. said the, the rule is half. So it was. So we, you, you, you opened, right? You opened. Yeah, we opened, but. Yeah. Not not so many. No, it wasn't as good. But we were still open, so I guess we I gotta be grateful for that. Yeah. For the yeah. first time that we have two floors, it would be good for us. But we that time I I, I did not know. We decided now to, to just simplify. We did not open at all. We did not open the first summer. Uh -huh. Even the, the rules allowed, but we did not uh, open at all. Yeah, sometimes it's it's better like that. So you don't have to have a lot of People on the floor. Yeah, exactly. The waitresses. Yeah, it's a, it's like a, to simplify the process. The it just you just do not have the good margin. 
but but at least it's simple. You kind of like that time I work colleague also I started like picking up the pace. I kind of have I, I worked a lot of hours since then because you know even the margin is pretty low, but as long as you work a lot of orders, you can make up. You know. Yeah. We did a lot of genital chicken. We did a lot of the uh, thing of noodles and the Cantonese noodles, and yeah, yeah. then. Pai Tai, the udon was not a big deal, I guess. Like the the single noodle, a lot of orders, and uh, it's uh, it's a little bit simpler for us to to operate like that. But at least even they charge a lot of commission, thirty percent. But the first year was really uh, like those Uber Eats for that. They really helped us to stay uh, in business. Yeah. So uh, no, of course. So your your name still is out there, you know. Well, at least yeah we were we were lucky the one year before the pandemic we started uh on uber eats started uber eats mm -hmm. before like uh oh yeah it's your time yeah yeah 107 already okay sorry okay to do this so sorry guys i'm so sorry has to do some big time signing right to sign a contract with uh with a big company <laughs> uh is that that? Are you still filming? <laughs> yeah, it's always filming. Yeah. Okay. okay, did I receive anything? It's great for me to eat now. Is everything on cell phone now? Yep. Have not received it, no? No, I didn't receive it yet. So, what is the restaurant? Your restaurant is famous for uh, the poutine now. Yeah, it's uh, we're known for fusion food. And uh, I mean, when I'm talking about fusion, it's not uh, necessarily having a, a Vietnamese restaurant with, let's say, other Asian countries, like, uh, let's say, a Asian specialty, like Pad Thai. We yeah. don't have that. We don't have a Zhao Tao. I mean, and it's not completely Vietnamese as well. So we serve Montreal-influenced food with Asian flavors. So we're known for our kimchi poutine. Yeah, kimchi poutine. We are known for our pho poutine. And you have the bun, the bun with the bun with the meat inside. Oh, the bao. Yeah, I just did that recently because uh, it was uh, recently the Lunar New Year. Yeah. Oh, that's I mean, not always. No, there. I so. 
every two or three months we uh we have different specials so you're changing uh, up a little bit yeah making it more fun yeah because uh, a lot of the regulars they always come back they come back once a week once a month once every two weeks so when they come back they want to try something new so they pray they take our classics so we take uh, they take either uh, the pho they take uh, a poutine we have a, a carpaccio like a a raw meat dish as well it's very popular and then they're like okay what's the special this this month and uh yeah so that's why we, we create that for us to keep ourselves like uh, always creative, creative, yeah, creative yeah. but also uh, just to please the the people who always come back they're like they trust us with like different flavors so they're like hey what's new so yeah once once in a while we always create like something different is at one certain time how many items on the the main dishes how many do you have on the menu six seven eight or oh man i think i have we have about 20 20 dishes maybe more i think i think That's it's a lot it's probably more yeah it's it's a lot but it's like let's say uh let's say the pho we have a variety but it's not as much variety as a specialty first spot you know, we have like the pho with maltai, maltai, which is uh, uh, the minced raw uh, beef, rare rare steak. And then uh, we have the pho dagbiet, which our version only has a flank, the, the raw beef and the meatballs. Then we have the, the chicken one with vegetables and uh, grilled chicken. So we have, a, you know, just one soup, yeah. but, but just a few varieties. And then uh, we have two two types of poutine that's our, on the, our regular menu. But this week we have uh, the poutine week and uh, we created um, a new poutine for uh, these next two weeks. It's like a creative poutine competition. So people uh, evaluate the poutine on creativity, on okay. taste, on, um, on look as well. That competition is within your restaurant or with other? With like hundreds of restaurants. Really? Yeah. In Montreal? In Montreal. And I think it's everywhere in Canada now as well. And it's around the world because I know some people are doing it in France as well. So by Montreal, there's the Pankis is the best, right? There's most popular is the Pankis. It's, it's very popular. It's very, uh, it's a very touristy trap. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I think they're doing a great job. Uh, it's just that I think they're just, just so many different restaurants that have good poutine in Montreal, yeah. but for there, what's very particular about La Marquise, I'd say, is 24 hours, and 24 also, seven, and have a lot of choices. Oh of my the God, toppings. so much variety, and they're doing a great job. But let's say you want a, a classic poutine, just like the fries, cheese, and gravy. And gravy. I think uh, there's a, a lot, lot of, of good ones. Yeah, yeah a lot of ones. good. Yeah. So. I don't think mine is is the best, but in terms of creativity, I think uh, we're pretty like pretty we're good. we're yeah. up there. We're uh, very funky in terms of toppings, funky in terms of flavors as well. Like the next one is a it tastes like takoyaki, so it's very special. The textures, the look of it, it's nothing like a traditional poutine, but the way you eat it, it's still fries, cheese, and the gravy. So, but for the competition, so they they're gonna have a list of the winners now. Yeah, every year they come up with the the winners. Every year they come up with uh, the uh, 
they classify the top five and they classify the top five in Canada as well. So once we were, I think twice we were number two. Wow, that's amazing. Thank you. And also for the far, like uh, sometimes, like I guess right now, I, last time I went to the famous one in Montreal, like uh, they, they, they put the coriander instead of the basil. Uh, I guess basil, you have to have basil, right? Um, it depends, but most of the times you'll have onions and and uh, cilantro in every soup normally. It's a, a very common... But you have the chop suey, the thing, yeah. and then... And on basil on the, the side. basil, yeah, because yeah. the basil, the leaves, you tear them up yeah, yeah. and then put inside and then with the, in the broth. Yeah. And then last time I went there, like, I guess a month ago, and they did... I guess it's too expensive during the pandemic, maybe. Yeah. The basil. The basil, yeah, definitely. Because uh, you weren't selling as much, and yeah. basil is very fragile. Yeah, fragile. So and it's kind of, you see the color going to change. After. Yeah. It becomes dark yeah. quite fast. And it's the it's a unique basil. It's not the regular basil here. No, no, exactly. Yeah, it's kind of, you see the purple. like Yeah, a, it's like purple. Yeah, the, on the leaves. The, the stem is purple, yeah. and then the leaf is... Yeah. It smells different. It has a a very uh, licorice taste to it. And we used to have it. Uh, we have one dish called the three cup chicken. It's supposed to have the basil as well. We like uh, before the pan pandemic. We always bought that kind of basil, the special basil, the same one you yeah. in the in the Vietnamese the restaurant, yeah. yeah, in the fall. And then we stopped doing that. We just I don't know. It's the the cost of operation, and then you store them, and then you have to go every two or three to get them. It's always a small amount in the plastic, right? Yeah. yeah. I know where to buy. The reason I I bring that up probably it's kind of because of the cost. That thing must be super expensive right now. Yeah, it's expensive. Yeah. Yeah, we we kind of just could not continue with that with a three cup chicken. Yeah, and also coriander. We uh. The braised, we used to have the coriander on top. That's why sometimes I say like when I do business, it's not like a following strictly <laughs> to the traditional way of doing that. Otherwise, you, you're going to have a coriander. Coriander is a big thing in Chinese cuisine. Yeah. It's a huge thing. A lot of dishes will put a coriander. Especially you, yeah, you deal with the heavy flavor, yeah. like uh, the, the pork belly thing. A lot of time coriander, also the fish. The, somehow yeah. the, the coriander is perfect with fish, especially the freshwater fish. Yeah. We, we, right now in the, lots of customers, they don't like coriander. So they put the, when they order or like uh, online order, they put the comments saying like no coriander. <laughs> A lot of times. Yeah, I, say, I, know. I don't think it's because they don't like it. It's because, okay, so this is what I heard. I heard it's like some type of, not necessarily allergy, but it's an intolerance. So when you eat it, your body is rejecting it, so it tastes like soap. Oh, so yeah. that's why they don't like the taste. Yeah. It tastes off. It's not good. Yeah, and also the, the the there's there's like other kind of coriander, but the Chinese coriander you don't it's you don't you cannot keep them for long, right? It's kind of watery. The yeah, the, yeah. The, the, the tiny leaves are so easy to to go bad to go like some you see that breaking off like uh, yeah yeah becomes mushy yeah yeah. It's not easy to keep them. So it's a good thing for us to get rid of that completely. So there's no customer asking. Every time they still ask, no coriander. 
Yeah, we don't have yeah. that in the store, in the restaurant at all. You know, like I used to, to always be like, why? It's so good. Yeah, but yeah. it's not because it's not good. It's because yeah. they, they can't digest it. So they, as soon as they taste it, it's, it tastes disgusting to them, you know? And I, I guess I, I can understand that. So a lot of your customers, they, so, you, so what is the best selling? The, would the be? seller would be, okay, so pho because it's very... It's classic. It's, it's classic. But like, let's say if I have Asians that come to my restaurant, they don't necessarily take the pho because they would rather go to a more traditional pho place, pho place yeah. Yeah. which is fine. Yeah. Uh, but they try other things at my restaurant. They, they, they won't find that other Asian restaurants or, or other Vietnamese restaurants. Yeah. So they would try our poutines, they would try other specialties. Uh, so what else? Oh, so the poutine is definitely, yeah. like the kimchi yeah. is number one. Uh, it's it's a ramen sauce. Like it, it's a, it tastes like the spicy ramen challenge. It's a, the samyang or the boldak sauce. It's very spicy, it's very red. And but when you combine it with cheese, the sauce, it's a cheese sauce. Yeah. Man, it's it's so addicting. And I balance it with like fresh herbs. Every time I, we make a poutine, we put a, a onions and coriander on top okay. because of the freshness. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, we put our homemade sweet sweet and sour sauce. There's yeah. either fried chicken uh, or uh, fried tofu on top with kimchi. That's the best one. Jeez. Yeah, it's really good. And it's... The flavors are so special, like mm. you, you can't describe it. Mm. And uh, we have fresh cheese curds as well, so that's why it's very, it's very addicting because the, the 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 bounciness of the yeah. cheese when you have it, it's very appealing. Wow! Uh, but we have a, a fun poutine as well. We put like a, some raw uh, beef slices. It's our carpaccio on top. We put a, a homemade hot sauce that made that's made with a. Bird, uh, do we call it bird chilies? You know, the long and red ones that we use a lot in Thai cuisine, we chop it up. But uh, I make a hot sauce with that. So a few drops of that, we press some lime on top, some basil leaves. It tastes like fun, but in a poutine, it's weird. Cause well, I make uh, the gravy, I make it with uh, the fun soup that we make there. Okay. Yeah, that's why that the 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 reason you have the freedom to create a lot of yeah. unique stuff. I have freedom, but at the same time, I I don't because every time I make something, I have to make it taste Asian influence, yeah. you know. Yeah. So I can't just come up with a sandwich that just tastes like, let's say, a, a Portuguese yeah. a grilled sandwich yeah. or uh, a Greek sandwich. It needs to have like an Asian flair to yeah. it. I think. But I, you know where I think uh, in which culture I think they, they applied, let's say, other influences, but still it's very their own identity, but influence or somewhere else. It's uh, Japanese people. Okay. They, they take uh, either American concepts, European concepts, but they turn it into their own. very, it's very Japanese the way they make it, you know, like from sandwiches to desserts and stuff like that. I don't know. They, they were able to adapt it, so it's still very. Why? You know, why do you, it's a phenomenon? Why do you think Japanese restaurant is so high end? Looks like a, some of them very high end. I 
It's and they do great. Yeah, I know. I don't. I don't know why Japanese people have this、uh, reputation. And and with that price, and each person gonna spend sixty, eighty, hundred dollars per person there. Yeah. And then still have a lot of customers. I know. That's really amazed me. It's it's amazing. It's kind of a. We always admire, we envy them. We want to, we want to have that margin, you know. Want know. to have that many customers. It's just there's I don't know. There's something about、uh, Japanese culture that just is appealing to people.、Mm-hmm. The way it's very、uh, not not necessarily I, I wouldn't say square, but very pure.、Mm-hmm. There is there's something the so, way they they slice the yeah, the, the fish. You know, it just take like inside of one second, they spend ten seconds to. To that, to like slide the stroke. Yeah, maybe I don't know what it is, but but people really appreciate that. Kind、yeah. of, they they willing they're willing to pay the price for that extra nine seconds of work. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I appreciate it too. So, but do you like? Do you go to some of the, this kind of high end Japanese restaurant, or which one do you like most? Like,、uh, let's say there's a. It wouldn't be necessarily higher, but I I I think the chef is a is is great at what he does. It's uh, they just recently changed names, but it was a Otobistro, on Mont Royal. Okay. So the chef is called Hiroshi. I think that his food is is great, and、um, it's more affordable than like other high end restaurants. But I feel like the quality and. The way he is choosing his ingredients、mm-hmm. is very appealing to me. So yeah, that that one is is very good. But now, man, like I, I'm like more of a people's food. Like I try once in a while、okay. those things, but this is more of the the food that I would I would try more. I mean, their food, yeah, yeah. price friendly. <laughs> yeah, price friendly. But at the same time, I'm like, a, I think. Asian cuisine or、mm-hmm. Chinese cuisine deserves to have a, a better recognition, you know, because I feel like these flavors, the way you combine things, the technique, is so complex that it deserves the respect, it, you know, in the work that、yeah. you, you put in. Also, I,、uh, I I'm not sure. Like,、uh, I guess you don't use that. We call six inch the wok. The, uh-huh. A little bit heavy, the the six、yeah. inch instead of it's a handle of, like this, right? So no, like, that two no? years we have no.、Yeah. Okay, we, have, we use the hand,、uh, the handle. Okay, okay, handle okay. oh yeah, Some six inch, okay, six inch like this, like、uh, the wrong one, the the walk.、Uh-huh. And、uh, I, since I started working in the kitchen a lot of like in a lot of time in the past during the pandemic, I really appreciate like that's amazing. Like、uh, the design of the walk,、uh, it's the wrong one, and then you have a ring. And then the natural gas is kind of, kind of having that fire directly on the bottom、yeah. of the wall, and the, it's the so you just slide the the wrong yeah, wall yeah, on the screen. Yeah, yeah, you don't spend any energy. Yeah. yeah, it's amazing design, and then you kind of slide down and up, and it create that kind of、uh, mixing, perfect yeah, mixing, yeah. and then use the.、Uh, it's not the spatula. It's it's a、uh, the wrong one. It's the ladder or something、yeah. like that. That thing you walk like opposite direction. You just use a little bit movement and create that kind of a. Yo, that, I love it because I, I always dream of having my own walk at my restaurant. I had one at my first location. 
but uh, it wasn't as practical because uh, there was there was holes, yeah, yeah. so water would flow out. Oh, yeah. So we would have to bring it in the, the the sink to wash it. But it's so time efficient. You wash it right away, you're ready for yeah. a new dish. So you can create like so many different dishes within a very short amount yeah, of time. Yeah. And also this thing, like with the minimum movement, the, 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 the mixing, efficiency on the mixing, like you toss up, down in the wok, it's so amazing because some mixer, you know, that, that kind of, the, the bowl for mixing, and you use the tongs to, to that they think complaining that it's 100 times more efficient. Yeah. It's crazy. And then, and at the same time, on, on the bottom, the natural gas, the, the heat is super hot heat. Uh -huh. And then within a few seconds, you mix everything and every part of that thing got a heat, heated. Like the, like either one of these, you, you, you see, literally see the, like you kind of tossing it up and then without any effort. Like yeah. It's amazing design. I, find it, I thought at the beginning, I thought like, it must be tiring, like uh, if you're doing that for a long time. But then you're doing the back and forth thing. It's just like you slide, it's not lifting. You're not lifting at all. Only at the end of the serving, at the end you pour that, pour that into a plate, that's you have to lift that whole six inch like uh, iron walk. Yeah. That's all. And then doing the whole thing, like you just like uh, playing a toy, like back and forth on, on something yeah. you're not lifting. Well, I think uh, it's one of, the best tools to yeah, cook yeah. with. Everything is good. When, well, no. You need to learn how to use a wok properly. But it when, took me one day actually. Yeah. The, the chef taught me how to do it, and just he explained to me the the theory of it. It just like uh, when you move it this way, the wok go this way, and with the with the that thing, the another come uh, ladle or whatever. How yeah, the ladle. Ladle, yeah. and then you move this direction. So give it like twice the the commotion or uh -huh. the movement inside so you, you kind of go this way you just work at the rhythm like two hands go this direction and this direction so it's kind of create twice or whatever and then it's everything is flipping inside it's so easy it took me one day actually and that's yeah, like but it, not everyone will do and you're you know you got skills so that but, means but, you got skills but over time like uh, at the beginning you, you feel like oh i i put this in like for example the um, the best case is that uh, the pad thai noodle. Pad thai noodle is very tricky. That thing is very tricky. If you put a little bit longer, it's all sticking together. Yeah, yeah. And you don't want to get it too dry or something, the heat. Yeah. The pad thai go supposed to go through hot water and it, it's soaked in water for some time already. Yeah, yeah. And then you go through hot water, get it almost cooked or something yeah, and make it soft. Yeah, yeah, make it soft as well. And then at the beginning, I tried that one. I just feel maybe too... I just, when I pour that into the wok, I try to do that movement thing, but it took me like extra second to think about this and then it's all sticking to the wok. Uh -huh. it's, it's amazing, so you have to be quick, but at the beginning you're kind of a little bit nervous or like not, but once you do a two or three few times, yeah. you, you figure out really quick. One of the first jobs that I've had was uh, in a kitchen, was at a spot where they, they sauteed noodles. But I was new there, and I had like uh, other people who had more experience than me. They would work there, but I knew already back then that that was wrong. They would put all the ingredients together, put water, the noodles, and everything, yeah. heat up, yeah. wait till the steam comes. They yeah. just go like this. Yeah. But in my head, I, I knew that that was wrong. I didn't want to say anything because I was just a new, yeah. a new, uh, a new employee there. 
But I knew that, you know, you had to turn on the heat yeah. first yeah. and make sure that, you know, there's a, almost some fume Season, coming yeah, out. Yeah. Yeah, fume, yeah. So then you put your ingredients because it needs to sear. Yeah, yeah. You have but, to have certain temperature. Yeah, it's Very not hot. like you're not supposed to just put all your ingredients and wait till yeah. Your, yeah. your noodles are yeah. steaming yeah. and then put it all. You know, I learned a lot of techniques. Like the, the way you watch the film you mentioned, like when you see the film is coming out, that's probably the right moment you have to, you know, otherwise it's going to be too hot. Yeah, exactly. You're going to, yeah. everything's going to burn. It's yeah, going yeah, to exactly. Dark. Yeah, yeah. So it's a, it's like, it took me some time. It's just experience. Sometimes some, some good teachers, the cook will tell you very detailed steps. Okay, let's watch this until some good indication, indicator, right? Yeah. But something not good at teaching, you know, you just leave you out there, like you, you, you figure out by yourself. Yeah. But like, then I, I literally, I'm me figuring out, like also the, when you have the fried rice, fried rice is a very, very interesting thing. Like uh, when you have a little bit oil in the wok, right? You left over a little bit oil and you put the rice, uh, the egg first, the egg, if the, the wok is too hot, the egg is gonna right away sticking yeah. to the wok, but if you the hot the wok is not hot enough, the end of the egg is gonna stick. Stick as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you have the you have to be really hot, but the the right moment, and then you put the egg in mixing with the oil. Magically, the egg and the rice the rice yeah. not sticking at all to the wok. So it took me a while to figure out what is the right moment to put the to the egg to to get the. Um, to make sure that the egg and the rice, they do well and the rice not sticking to the wall. But at the same time, if some customer, they like the vegetarian, for example, they, they told us, to, we told, we, we tell them, okay, you choose vegetable only, but also fried rice come with egg. Yeah. You can choose not, you, 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 make, you can choose not. If sometimes they choose no egg, either way, the rice is gonna stick to the yeah. wall. So, I still don't know the magic of the science behind why the egg will help the rice not sticking to I, the wall. I don't get it either. It, it must be the science. There's real science with just some egg and it's not sticking anymore if, if you do the problem. Yeah. But if no egg, I don't know who can do that without sticking the rice to, to the wall. I, yeah, I understand. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, the I heat. I don't know what it is. It's amazing. So I really love right now the 16 inch that kind of walk with yeah. the, walking with the fire. Um, uh, I love what you said about, you know, you put the egg before, you put yeah. it after, you yeah. put it while yeah. it's heating and it's, it's going to stick. That's why I think I, I really love cooking. Sometimes it's uh, you're, uh, you're living the moment. It's right away. You need to have your focus there yeah. because everything is moving so fast. Yeah. So if you're not paying attention, you know, once you, you have more experience, you yeah. can do whatever, but yeah, yeah. I feel like to achieve that, yeah. you, you need to have some kind of a meditative moment yeah. where you're just fully uh, conscious, conscious of what you're doing, you know? Every time I like, wow, I realize, wow, it, it's okay, it's working this way. Yeah. You just figure out, like after some time, you, you at the beginning you're frustrated, okay, oh, the result is it's kind of bad. And then like, why? And then after a few tries, you figure out, oh, is this kind of kind of heat? You know, yeah. you cannot too low, too high. And then it's not, it's like, a, like you're making a dough bread. Yeah. In my mom, like in the village, like when you have the dough in the big basin, right? Yeah. Or the big, like probably basin, that thing. When you have the dough wrapped, 
like you have to have the basin, the the container have to be really clean, and the the whole dough like this big has surface must be smooth, yeah, yeah. and your hand has to be clean. So my mother told me like three cleanings. So the container is clean, no extra flour left or sticking there, and also the dough itself has to be really round and the smoothness and no things sticking out. And your hand is also clean. There's no leftover dough. That's the good thing. You have to check all clean. Uh -huh. There's no extra dough here or sticky on your hand. So that's how you do that. After the cooking the fried rice, the same thing. After you cook the fried rice, when you pour that into plate, your, your work has to be clean too. So yeah. there's no sticky. If you say that has to be something wrong. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's kind of a very, very... <laughs> I saw one of my cooks once, he's like, I'm going to make the stuff now. I'm going to make some fried rice. I'm like, okay, cool. Um, as soon as he starts, I'm like, you're not putting the egg first? He's like, no. Like, when are you going to put it? After, once my I saute my rice. <laughs> okay, cool, all right. And then I see what he's doing. And his rice is all like wet and yeah, sticky. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, okay, so you like your fried rice wet? He's like, <laughs> Yeah, that's how I like it. I'm like, okay, well, I guess, you know, it's a different style. But in my <laughs> head, I'm like, yo, you messed it up, man. Like, that's not how you make fried rice. Yeah, fried rice is the, it's, it's like a, the, the, the basic test, you know, if you want to give some cook to test the skills, I guess, like, it's for Chinese cooking. I guess the fried rice is the first step. Let, let's see how you do fried rice, I guess, to, to have an interview, like, mm -hmm. uh, to test this, like, you are Chinese cook or something. Yeah. Like you know the the YouTube like uh, a famous one Uncle Roger. Yeah. Uncle Roger like uh, every time you cook the uh, colander something uh, use colander for that. I watched some of his shows is so funny yeah, like super funny yeah. that character is amazing. Yeah. If I can, uh, I need to. Oh great great yeah. You have to go. Yeah I have hey, to go. Man. Okay great and uh, yeah yeah we can wrap this up. Yo it was great. I, I was uh, happy to finally. Uh, have owner a, to owner, yeah. Yeah, and uh, yeah, wish you the best because I think your restaurant is great. Thank and, you, and uh, your restaurant is is way better. I, uh, when I saw that kind of because Google Map review sometimes they could be a little bit tough, and then you get so so many great great. That's almost I the first time I told you probably that's very maybe the only one very top very very few in whole Montreal like you can have that kind well, of. No. The, the rating on the Google Maps. That's I think probably you're the number one or number two. No, well, yeah. I think uh, we created the community yeah, yeah. that just really likes the way we uh, we approach either the food or the way we communicate with our clients. You know, that's very important. Yeah, and also how to. I, I'm not good at with the names. How to say the the restaurant name properly? La Belle Tonki. Yeah, La, La Belle. La Belle Tonki. Tonki. The, the, so there's no S at the end, so it's no. a French silent. No, no, exactly. Just Tonki. Tonki. Because okay. it's a, a the beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, Tonkinoise. That's so. the original, because okay. like Tonkinoise is... Tonki, how to spell? T-O-N-K-I. Okay. Tonki, because it's from the word Tonkinoise. Yeah. It's it's not even a real Let's word. Yeah, it's sure. just Tonkinoise is, uh, like I said earlier... Uh, La Belle. Yeah, I know that my French... La Belle are, is yeah, like beautiful. the beautiful, yeah. yeah. And La Belle Tonkinoise was my uh, partner's mother. Wow. Yeah, she's La Belle Tonkinoise. She's the original. She's a very beautiful woman. Yeah. Great. So, uh, 
Great. Yeah, man. Yeah, thank you for coming. Thank you very yeah, much. Thank you, thank you for Thank you. Thank you.